You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. me, I believe the word of God as the full expression of the Godhead. Whatever God is, that is his word. For he has magnified his word above his name. I believe God transforms. His word transforms me. I believe God is healing. His word heals me. I believe God is provision. His word provides for me. I believe God is protection. His word protects me. Whatever I believe God is, I believe his word shall perform in my life today. I can never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. I decree that the word of God be light to you. I decree in the name of Jesus that the word of God break every barrier. Every cultural barrier be broken. Every foundation of a culture that is not of him be destroyed. I decree in the name of Jesus that you will know who you are. You will know yourself. You know the clan that you belong to. You will walk and live in the personality of your being. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I have preached and preached and preached as a pastor for these several years. But I can tell you that this particular series is definitely going to be one of my very best. Praise the Lord. Um, I just began two weeks ago, and what I did was to do the first last week. I did the second on Wednesday, and I'm going to continue the third today, the Jesus Culture. And I keep saying that for everyone who actually... Um, takes um, these messages. I believe strongly that your life can never be the same. Um, you have been a Christian for a very long time, but this is the real deal. I can guarantee you 200%. If you can take these messages and listen to them over and over and over again, you begin to live who you are. And you do it without struggle. I said without struggle. I'm going to open up some truth to you. And you begin to realize some things. I know the Holy Spirit definitely will throw light on it to you. Because he understands your psyche and everything more than I do. So as I speak, he'll be throwing light to you. Giving you examples about your own life. Praise God. And about how you can get understanding better. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. So um, I started... Uh, 
talking about what culture is. That's why I define culture is the totality of socially transmitted behavior, patterns, acts, acts, beliefs, institutions, and all other products of human works and thought. And I said that the predominating act attitudes and behavior that characterizes and functions within a group or organization. It definitely has to do with training or educating. It has to do with your intellect, developing your mindset. And when the mind is set within an environment and you create that environment, that environment begins to work you now. And you must understand that as you work within an environment, you become the product of your environment. So you need to create that environment and then the environment becomes you. Are you understanding me? All right. So for everybody you see, <laughs> for the most in the chunk, they are living their environment. You go to a place and a person says you behave like a Ghanaian. And you say, how do Ghanaians behave? They have seen a certain trait when they came into this environment and they see you live that trait. You can create a culture and the culture in the end will create you. Tell the next person, Create your culture. And tell them in this, let the Jesus culture be functionable in your life. I said that when people decide not to create the right culture, they will live without structure. And I said that many of the things we talk about and we say, oh, this is African culture, this is Ghanaian culture, they are not. It is just a people left wild without any structure. Living this thing, uh, baller, refuse on the street is nobody's culture. You can't say that is an African culture. It is not. It is a life and environment without what? Structure. Building on waterways is nobody's culture. It is a life or an environment that has been left without structure. So there are many things we attribute to the African that is not African. Because if you go to another part of the world, you will see that same kind of behavior because there's no structure. Hello. Because they have lived that kind of life over and over again and people come, they call it an African culture or a Ghanaian culture. Or because those people don't have that culture where they are coming. So they find it alien to their environment and so they attribute it to your environment. That, oh, that's how they live in Africa. But this cannot be a lifestyle. It is a life that is left to decay, to rot. Are you here with me? And I said that it all comes from an ideology. Say ideology. The body of ideas reflecting the social needs and aspirations of an individual group, class, or culture. A set of doctrines or beliefs that form the basis 
of a political, economic, religious, or other systems. All right. So if you come into this type kind of uh, um, this kind of system we have here, the ideology of a politician is first satisfy myself. When I've gotten what I get, I can throw the, the rest to anybody else. That's the ideal. So before somebody comes into politics, that is the mindset they have. They don't have the nation at heart. You know, people say that this is the only place where politicians see what they are doing as a job. In other parts of the world, it is like charity. Uh-huh. So they are doing something to help their nation. And that's the mindset. That's the ideology. So they don't come in to rip the nation off. Because they don't do it to gain wealth, to gain money. But the ideology here is different. It's the culture we have created out of an ideology. Are you getting the point? Yes. Okay? Some time ago, to be a pastor has nothing to do with wealth. But gradually, it has become an ideology. That if somebody is a pastor, then it means that they must acquire wealth. And then it shows that they are really powerful. That's, that's the ideology now. Now, it, it, it came from the ideology of the Americans. It has filtered now to be an ideology of the average pastor. So now, if you see a pastor, what is in their mind and what is ruling everything they do is money. That's the mindset now. Money is the number one. Money is the number one. It is a bad ideology that is gradually becoming a culture. Okay, so the ambition of a pastor, the idea of a pastor has nothing at all to do with money. It doesn't mean they, have, they don't have to live a comfortable life. But the point is, when we are saying pastors are the, this pastor is the richest this thing in the world. It's nonsense. It is nonsense. Because our calling has nothing to do with that. Bible said, <laughs> you are competing. What is the competition? God and what? Money. And so Jesus saw it. We're coming. But we have made it so. All right. So, so if you're not careful, some of these ideologies and, 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 and will creep in and it becomes the mindset of the people. When you have an ideology, the ideology becomes a vision. It takes over your desire. It takes over the imagination of the future, the completion of your journey, and then it becomes the collective destiny of a people. So that's what you begin to see. Okay? Do you know that in, in, in this part of the world, people do so many things not because of fulfillment, but because of money. So you see, the way 
the way a nurse would treat a patient will shock you. And you ask yourself, ah. Because they are just there to take the paycheck. But what they are seeing and the imagination of their future has nothing to do with nursing. That the patient was so satisfied and they saw that the patient was cured and the patient left and was happy. That is not the imagination of their future. It's not part of it. That, that my, my calling will be a blessing to this individual. And I see them come as a patient and they go whole. It doesn't feature in their imagination. If they will die, they should die. So far as I'm getting my paycheck at the end of the month, I am for What we are talking about is a big deal. Okay? I can bring it into every sphere. The pastor is no more interested in how the member is faring. He's fine. So far as he sees them come to church. So when he doesn't see them come to church, then he will... He'll do what? Oh, why are you not coming to church? And that's about it. The moment they come to church, he's fine. But in being interested in how they are growing in the Lord is, is not. It's not part of their thing. They don't care. The church member also doesn't come to church because they have a vision that they will grow in the Lord. And they will find fulfillment in serving the Lord. They came because they have a particular need. So, the moment they get that, Coming to church becomes difficult. Oh, hello. Are you here with me? Am I hitting the right note? So the whole culture The moment they get their healing, because they came for healing, and they get their healing, when you call them to church, you call them to come. I spoke into detail regarding the image of your desire, and I said that your desire is so powerful. It's so what? It's so, so powerful. When something, something becomes the image of your desire, it's difficult to live in satisfaction without it. Is that true? 
Some of you, when your boyfriend or your girlfriend doesn't call you, they said they will call at nine. And it's 9.15, they have not called. You lose your appetite. Ah. And I think I'm saying something very strange. Eh? Is it strange? Who are those acting here? Okay, somebody just confessed, even yesterday. Yes. So, so, because the image, the image of your desire is formed by their response. As a matter of fact, watch this. Watch this. If Look at your haircut. When you have a desire for somebody, and they say, okay, everybody looks at your haircut and say, ah, this one. What did you do to yourself? When they come and they say, what? This is powerful. Whatever everybody has said doesn't make sense. I mean, <laughs> <that's> desire <laughs> is so powerful. It's so powerful. It doesn't make nobody makes sense but them. Are we talking about Jesus culture? You see, when Jesus begins to form the image of your desire, it doesn't matter what anybody says. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nothing will stop you. Because he forms the image of your desire. I continued by saying that you cannot mix the old with the new. You cannot mix the old with the new. The reason why all of this is happening is because of mixed culture in Christianity. That's the problem. You know, when you read and you realize that, okay, Jacob had so much money and all of that, you know, and then you come to the New Testament. As a matter of fact, they did not talk about the pastor's money. So, you see, if you want to run this with this, you are going to have problems. Are you here with me? 
You see, certain things that were relevant within that culture is no more relevant in this culture. And because we are living between these two cultures, there's a mix. So Jesus said something. Jesus said that you cannot put a new wine into an old wine skin. It will explode. You cannot sow an old cloth to a new cloth. You will wear it out. It will tear. You cannot put a new knowledge into an old mind. If you want to contain the new knowledge, then you must have a new mind. You can't take the new mind, the new knowledge, into an old mind. It will create misunderstanding. Oh, are you hearing me? So you put off the old and put on the new. Oh, hello. The <laughs> if you see <laughs> what is in the old, that is still mentioned in the new, then it can be continuity. Are you getting the point? So it is the new that confirms the old. It is not the old that confirms the new. Are you here with me? I also spoke about the scripture, about the Laodicean church. You were not here on Wednesday, so I'm just recapping. Where <laughs> Jesus spoke to John in Revelations and said, in Revelations and said, give me the scripture. And said that you are lukewarm. We call it, what's it, motro? Mojo in the tree. And most of us have sung songs on Motro Mojo. So for us, what Jesus was trying to describe to John was living a life of hotness or coldness. <laughs> what Jesus was actually talking to Apostle John about is either you are living in the New Testament or you are living in the Old Testament. That is what it meant. And I gave the scenario, the context within which the scripture was written. And I said that Laodicea was living at the tip of a valley. Okay? And there's a spring on top that churns or springs very cold water. 
and they also have another spring down the valley that springs hot water. But before they carry the water to Laodicea, if it is hot, by the time they get to Laodicea, it is cool. If it is cold from the top, by the time it gets to Laodicea, it is warm. So they cannot have cold water or hot water. Every time their water is lukewarm. So Jesus used this, their situation, to speak to them concerning their doctrine in the church. That you have become like your situation. The church, Laodicea, has become like their situation. Their doctrine is not New Testament. At the same time, it's not old. They are mixing the two. And that's what most churches have become. We start with grace. And we continue in the law. And at a point, we come back to and then we preach law. So which one? And he says, because you are lukewarm, I will do what? Spew thee out of my... Are you getting the point? So when you are lukewarm, you can never please the Lord. You can't <laughs> depend on your efforts and say that you are living a life of grace. You can't say that it is him whilst you know it is you doing the thing. Oh, are you here? Somebody say, I will not live within a mixed culture. Oh, tell them like you mean it. I give an example that if you have a glass of water and you add a drop of poison, you have changed the solution. You can no more call it good water. It is no more water. It's poison. And that's what we do in church. We say, oh, okay, we are adding a little bit of ourselves. You can't do anything except by him. Oh, praise the Lord. And I'm going to teach you. You are going to be shocked. You are going to be shocked. When you are able to create the understanding, living the Jesus culture is effortless. What we are talking about has nothing at all to do with struggle. It has all to do with understanding. It has all to do with understanding. It has all to do with understanding. In 2 Corinthians 3.7, look at what I... Apostle Paul said, he said, but if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious. Oh, okay. So that the children of Israel could not steadily look at Moses because of the glory of his countenance. which glory was passing away. How would the ministry of the spirit be more glorious? 
For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. Oh, praise the Lord. The law is condemnation. Even that, they found some glory. How much more the ministry of righteousness for which you have been born and that is your nature. He said that is exceedingly glorious. Oh, praise the Lord. Tell them I have a glorious nature. I, I refuse to live any other culture apart from the Jesus culture. It is the ministry of righteousness and that has much more glory. Hallelujah. When Joseph overcame Potiphar, there was no law. That told him that if you fornicate, you will die. Oh, was there? So you don't need the law to overcome sin. Joseph walked in grace. Bible said, and the Lord was with I pray that you find understanding. I pray that you find understanding. Luke 22, 39 to 40. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives, and he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. So one of Jesus' culture is to what? He was a cursed he was a, he was a, so you can see Jesus himself had a culture. Are you getting the point? Luke chapter 4, 16 to 18. Luke 4, 16 to 18. Let's all read together. Go. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his, as his, as his, so that was his culture. Is that right? Okay. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up and read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. He found himself in the book. And that's why he made it his custom. Because that's where he knows he will find himself. <laughs> where do you find yourself? That should be your culture. You are finding yourself in places that has not been even designated for you. And they are telling you who you are. Watch. Look at Paul. Acts 17.2. Acts 17.2. Let's already go. Then Paul as his custom was. So Paul followed suit, went in to them, and for three Sabbaths 
reason with them from where? Is it self-explanatory? You see, I will come to one of the main councils. But if you cannot find yourself in the word, you will let people open you up to things that does not represent you. And you will be living their culture. Selah. 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 As his custom now. So let's look at the Jesus culture within the New Testament. Look at Apostle Paul and what he says. And you're going to read this and you're going to enjoy this. Ephesians chapter 4. 1 to 6. I'm reading from the Message Bible. And I want all of us to give me your very rapt attention. Let's all read. Go. In the light of this, here's what I want you to do. Oh, you are not reading with me. Go. In light of this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk better yet run on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. Next. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline. Not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alerting at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. Hello? Okay, next. We were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. So stay together, both outwardly, we have all been called to the same culture. We are traveling the same road, the same direction. And he says, inwardly and what? Outwardly. Okay, go. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who rules over all works through all and is present in all. Praise Jesus. Everything you are and think and do is permeated. Forget about your Ghanaian culture. Forget about your Adan culture. Forget about your Ghan culture. And bring yourself to this. 
This is where you and I belong. Are you here with me? We all have one master. One faith. One baptism. One God and father of all. Who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. Are you getting the point? He's not talking about unbelievers. He's talking here about who? Believers. The unity of the faith. Where we belong to. And that's why he says, he's present in, he's in you. He's in me. He's your master. He's my master. He's your father. He's my father. He's your God. He's your God. My God. We have one faith. We were all baptized in the same name. He's one law to both you and I. So you and I are traveling the same road. Praise the Lord. Look at the next. Go. But that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same. Are you getting the point? So you see, uniformity in diversity. Uniformity in what? Diversity. I will explain. Continue. Out of the generosity of Christ, each of us is giving the text for this is he climbed the high mountain he captured the enemy and seized the booty he handed it all out in gifts to the people oh praise the lord he did all the work and when he was done he gave grace to us oh praise the lord so this thing he's talking about is not something that we are going to now start all over to do the work and do. He has already done and gave us by grace. But he gave us not in the same measure. All of us have different measure with, within different categories. But we are all supposed to bring it together and work it as one culture within which differences will only be noticed in maybe style or function. But it has nothing to do with the ideology, the vision, and the culture. Go to 9 and 10. Go. Is it not true that the one who climbed up also climbed down. Down to the valley of earth. And the one who climbed down is the one who climbed back up to the highest heaven. Praise the Lord. He's talking about your authority. He's climbed back up. You are seated with him in heavenly places. In the place of authority. And so everything it needs to live this culture, you have it. You, you have it. The one who went down didn't stay there. He climbed back up. With you in authority. I'll show you something. Next, go. 
And what did he do? He handed out what? Gifts above and what? Below. And did what? Filled heaven with his gift. Filled earth with his gifts. He handed out gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, and pastor teacher. You to, I told you that is a fourfold ministry. So you see, he puts it pastor what? Teacher. Beautiful. To do what? To train Christ followers in skilled servant work. Working within Christ's body, the church, until we are all moving rhythmically and easily with each other. Look at the next. Go. Efficient and graceful in response to God's son. Fully mature adults. Fully developed within and without. Fully alive like Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Look at it. Continue. Go. No prolonged infancies amongst us. Please. Will not tolerate babies in the woods. Small children who are an easy mark for imposters. God wants us to grow up. To know the whole truth. And tell it. Somebody say this is the Jesus culture. So you see, when he was going, he knew. So he himself trained people. Who would teach you and I the culture? Are you getting the point? So when he went up and got there, he also sent the gift by the Holy Ghost and made apostles, pastors who are teachers, evangelists, prophets, so that they would train you in the Jesus culture. So that what he said before, that we are all traveling one road, going one direction, this will be effective and efficient so that we will grow as adults in Christ. So that we don't become easy imposters. It's easy for imposters. So that they can easily mark us and taught us with every wind of doctrine. So that we don't know the culture in which we are living. Today they say that. Tomorrow they said that. And we are confused people. So we can't live the culture. We have been born by identity. Which nobody can take away from us. But to take on the personality of our identity, we need to be trained. You are an eagle by identity. Nobody said you are not a child of God. You are born again. And that gives you your identity. But to live in the personality of the identity for which you have been born, you need to be trained. In the culture of your identity. 
If you don't allow yourself to be trained, you will be an eagle, but you will live like a chicken. That is the problem of the church. Yes. You are a child of God by identity. You have been born as a child. Nobody can dispute that fact. That is why the eagle trains the eaglet how to fly. Oh, are you here with me? Am I teaching you good? Until you are trained in the culture of your identity, you will live another person's culture. And you will take on another person's personality. Do you know why most Ghanaians are confused? Because they are born with the identity of a Ghanaian. But there is an influence from the West. So what they tell them to wear, that will make them feel good, is what they wear. If it is from there, then it is good. It is, if it is from here, then it is bad. They have the identity, but they don't reveal the personality of the identity because they are receiving their training from somewhere else. Another culture is influencing. That is the way Christians are. Christians are born again. But they are living the identity and personality of another world. Tell the next person, wake up. Now watch it. Watch it. So if you are not ready to submit yourself to be trained by the gift he has given, you will end up living Another kind, another breed, and that takes much more effort, and it leads to frustration. It will take the eagle much more effort and frustration to fly like a chicken than to fly as an eagle. That is why most believers are frustrated. Because we are being trained to live other things apart from the righteousness nature that is already in us. For now, your identity is not sin. Your identity is righteousness. Your whole genes is tilted towards doing right. 
So when you do right, you will feel good. When you do right, you feel okay. Because that's your identity. So anytime I rather talk about sin, I am talking against what you are and I'm presenting to you what you are not. So the more I train you in what your nature is, the more you live your nature. And you become perfect in it. you getting the understanding? The reason why there was law for the Jews is because they have lost the identity of the nature of righteousness. So they needed law to force them to submit to a nature they are not. When people, that's laws are made for deviants. People who, by, <laughs> they love to do wrong. The law is not made for the righteous. Do you know that? Uh, do I have a lawyer here? <laughs> Upcoming lawyer. Danny, why is the law made? It's made for the deviants. Is that right? It's not made for those who do right. Because those who do right, you don't need a law. You are not motivated by a law to do right. Because the point is, you yourself, you want to do the right thing. But the law is made for the one who is prepared that no matter what, they will do wrong. So that when they do wrong, they will be punishable. So you don't need a law. You only need to be taught, trained, nurtured in who you are. And all the benefits accrue to you in the nature for which you have been born. So you can live exactly in maturity the very nature of who you are. Brothers and sisters, this is why we come to church. To be trained. The reason why most believers are living, like I said, like chickens is because we have misplaced priorities. And we are being taught about things that, as a matter of fact, are not relevant to the culture for which we have been born. My brothers and sisters, if you are here because you want to make money, then you are in the wrong culture. We don't train people here to make money. But when we show you Jesus, You will make money like nobody's business. 
Are you getting the point? You see, if you are here for healing, it is a base for the unbeliever. Because the point is that you yourself, when you are taught and trained, you will see sickness and you will tell sickness you have no part with you. And it can't stay in your body. It is not even permitted in the first place. We don't want to be trained. We like the superficial. We like the lottery. We like the gambling. We like the magic. Be very quiet. I am. I am so passionate about this, you have no idea. Because if we are not careful, we make the enemy make us lose ourselves and whatever God has made you and I. Oh, praise the Lord. Listen, listen to me, listen to me. When you have been trained well in the Jesus culture, no issue will make you commit suicide. You see, in the media of your contemplation, the word of God will fall. And straight away, it will bring you to your proper place. Because you have been trained well. Yes. Yes. You see, when a child has been trained well, you will know. point is that pastor says come to church so I am coming to church no it's because I myself I know who I've been made so pastor is only telling me something that I already want to do because I know my nature so it has not much to do with pastor it has much to do with me knowing me and how he has made me. That's how a believer sits. Oh, that pastor says I should run to church. I'm not running because I'm afraid of God. I'm not running because God will kill me. I am running to church because I know that I am coming to have a revelation of my nature. And I'm not going to live ever the same. And then when I go out, I will live at a certain level. And when everybody sees me, they will know this one is a believer.
So when I am coming to church, I run. I, I get excited by the word of God. I, oh, haven't you realized that most believers want always an atmosphere of what they call the glitz and makes them feel that is the best place to be because we have lost who we are. Oh, haven't you realized that most believers cannot stand up to anything for which they have to go through for the Lord Jesus? They see it as an abomination. Haven't you realized that most people just move away from the faith because of a little difficulty? Because we so much have believers who are not trained. Haven't you seen our prayer topics? And the way it looks like. And we are killing devils. And we say die. By fire, by thunder. We shoot in the spirit. Pow! Oh my word. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? The day you come to yourself to know who you are, many things will change. Listen to me. Many things that look attractive will not be attractive anymore. Many things that look so powerful will become very insignificant before you. When an eaglet, when it is born, sees a full-grown chicken, they may admire it and want to be like it. But the day they are revealed to their nature, they will look at that same chicken and say, what is this? If you know who you are, Money can never become your slave. Your master, sorry. You see, believers get some money, some small money, and they think, yeah. Because for them, money is a big deal. But that's the culture of the world. For you, money is a slave. Do you know that everything you have is because of the kingdom? Oh, do you know that? 
He said he has made us kings and what? Priests for the kingdom of our God. For he has made us kings and priests. Kings rule. They have wealth. They have territory. When they speak, it's a law. He said, everything for which he has made you a king is for the kingdom of our God. There are certain songs you have to even stop singing. I'm telling you. I surrender. Are you sure? You know what you are saying is a lie. You live here. If you say you surrender all, listen to me. When you car, when you bring your car to church, leave your car here. I'm not joking. And walk home. We, I said, we we play church. We don't understand our culture. You you surrender all. You live here and go and lie. And then you come back and I surrender all. It is deception. He gives us all things. And we receive it on his behalf. And as he leads us to do. We cannot play that we give all because it's not even yours in the first place. You give what? We have become professional liars. And professional azan tricksters. So we come and we whet his appetite. You know what he means. Because the point is that until you understand your culture, you'll be living by heart. You'll be talking by heart. We're going to look at the word culture. That's the first we're going to look at. That's the first we're going to look at. Every culture has a language. Is that true? So we're going to look at and the moment you get that wrong, you're going to get everything else wrong. You're a believer. And when we call, come, let's talk about the word. You don't find it attractive. It doesn't form the image of your desire. Check whether you are born again. I'm telling you. Hey, if you don't love the word, there's something wrong. I don't know what your nature Believer, when you are born again, when you hear the word, something does you. Is it true? Because the thing is wired in you. The word is your nature. The word lives inside of you. Grace, glorious grace.
Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the Word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth. <laughs>